Hi guys, welcome to the Last Set Podcast. This is episode 141 and today's guest is Nicole Perez. She is a certified PT at Revo Fitness in Coburn, a competitive weightlifter. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me today. It's not been the best weather today. It's actually been a bit rough, yeah. uh, but it's nice to know that you also brought your mother with you as well today for the yes, show. So thank you. <laughs> So let's kick this off. Uh, let's get the audience uh, knowing a little bit about you. So tell us what's your background and how did you get to where you are today? Um, so I'm originally from Puerto Rico, so I'm full, full-blown Latina. Um, and I moved here, let's say, when I was 17 and then went back to my country. And then unfortunate events happened over there. So I came back over here and I've obviously been training since I was 18 but like I started doing like more like competitive training let's say like um strongman crossfit and through crossfit I really really fell in love with olympic weightlifting so through let's say through strongman and crossfit really really like motivated me to be a personal trainer because I've been working in the industry let's say for around four to five years as well wow yeah yeah I've only been doing it for two uh so I'm still quite new to it all but like I've always say to people, um, whenever you're doing something for at least three years, that means you're pretty much definitely involved into it, you know. Yes, yes yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when you originally came over from Puerto Rico, like uh, was it with your family or was it on your own or to start? Well, my mom was already here. Oh, okay. So she moved here with her husband and she just asked me when I was like 17, like, do you want to come over? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and, and like, and... I was like, wow, Australia, that's going to be like a lot of opportunities. And I always saw myself away from my country, love my country, my people. But I always saw myself doing more than that. And that was my that was my ticket to come over here and and took advantage of it. And any opportunities that I have to um, be out there and learn more, like I'll just, I'll just take it. Ooh, cool. So what was like the biggest cultural shock you had when you came over? Like, was there much difference between mm-hmm. Latina culture and then you got Australians and all? Well, Puerto Rico's, Puerto Rico, like, oh my gosh, everyone here in Australia is so nice. It's really? So, everyone's so chill. Oh, 100%. I okay. feel very safe. I can walk down the street and <laughs> by myself, let's say at 7 p.m. And I, I, obviously I'm aware of my surroundings, but I know I'll be okay. I'll get home safe. Um, you, you can't have that over there in my country, um, unfortunately. But... um. Yeah, that, the food, um, and just the biggest culture is just like how, just how Australians are with their friends and family. It's, I, I love it. It's just, it just, I, it just makes me feel very homey, which is awesome. So yeah, I love Australia. <laughs> nah, nice. Now, if you don't mind me asking, you have perfect English. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Growing up, was this, was English your second language? Yes. Or? Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So um, since kindy, they teach you like American English. So that's why I have an American accent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense and all that. So because uh I know that in some cultures they do it's quite normal for them to be teaching them English, but not in most and all that. So yeah. I was gonna say that's really good. So let's get into the whole, you know, PT side of things. So you f- uh told me you originally competed in strongman? Yeah, so I think it's twenty 16 no 17 18 no 2018 mm-hmm. i um competed in strong man and i love that like i recommend anyone who wants to get into a sport 
that is based around strength training and one amazing community and people supporting you till the end, do strong men. Mm-hmm. They are the biggest supporters. They're like, they're still my family, like shout out to them. <laughs> and um, yeah, I did strong men. I did two competitions, came in second, the first one. I was very salty about that. I'm very competitive. And oh. then I came in, I came first um, on the second one. I went I, I went from 64 kilos to like 73. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll just lift heavier. <laughs> and um, yeah, I came in first and it was amazing. I loved it. Full day under the sun. I think I was like out, like I was in bed for the whole week, but it's so worth it. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so how did you come across? Was it, were you already training in the gym and then you came into Strongman or just dive deep into Strongman first? So I started training like normally like, you know, like any other girl, I just wanted like huge legs, <laughs> huge legs and just be like, have a, like a strong lower body. Um, then it was through my ex. Um, so my ex used to do strong men and he brought me into the sport and through him, I met um, a lot of amazing people. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and then later on down the line, you came into CrossFit. Did you ever compete yeah. in something like that as well? Or? No, no, I never competed in anything like that before in my life. Oh. Like I used to do like swimming competitions. I, I was not a very good athlete, let's say that. Like especially a like, sports specific athlete, like um, especially like group with other teammates. I'm not very, very good at that. I tend to like lay back a lot. But when it's like me against myself, like I tend to push that extra mile. So, yeah, so first time I did that and loved it. And then, yeah, from that I went to CrossFit. <laughs> uh, so yeah. you, personally, you've always found yourself just doing individual uh, sports and all that. Now, yeah. growing up in Puerto Rico, like, did you ever have, like, some sort of sporting base or was it always just wasn't until you came over to Australia and that's when you started diving deep into the athletic side of things. Yeah, so back home, my dad used to be like a basketball coach. Wow. <laughs> yeah, cool. and he got my brothers and me into it. I was so bad. <laughs> I, I am stomping and short. Like, I wasn't fast. I was, basketball is a hard sport, like the hardest sport ever. And I tried like soccer. I tried like, re, like American football. And I wow. think- Wow, like yeah. you tried American football? Well, I tried it here for a little bit. Like, I tried, I went to like- um the trainings and everything. And I think back home, my dad used to like toss the ball around with us. Um, but yeah, my dad really got me into it. My dad is a big gym junkie too. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it runs in the family. <laughs> well, when it runs in the family, that's when you set, I mean, obviously shout out to your mom and dad as well, setting, yeah. for good, setting a good example. A lot of kids that come from that athletic background usually is sometimes inherited from their parents mm-hmm. and all that. Now, if you don't mind me asking mom, were you as well like that in individual sports? Um, Actually, I do a CrossFit. CrossFit. Oh. <laughs> she does CrossFit, yeah. Do you guys ever, like, train together often? Yeah, or? we used to a lot, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Now, yeah. um, did you come from a big family? You said you had brothers or? Yeah, yeah, I have um, uh, two brothers between, like, my mom and my dad, like, same mom and dad. Then my, my dad had another another child so i have a little sister and then through my mom i have a half brother as well big family yeah wow. a lot of cousins and you know how it is <laughs> yeah well i mean that's good for you good for you i mean i actually came from a very small family myself so i have like no cousins or whatsoever so uh anyway so moving on from there obviously i've been seeing a lot of what you've been doing putting out on social media you do a really good job at that you've been coaching for four plus years and all that was there like a significant event that you had in your life where you realized, okay, this is what I want to go into. PT sounds like the profession that I want to pursue. 
Yeah, so before I started doing PT, I I used to sell gym memberships for Good Life and for Vort Fitness in Coburn. Nice. And through that, like I've I've learned a lot, like my like sales tactics, and I've met a lot of people. And I I was a bit I'm, I'm not against like seeing things in a business side of views, but like I kind of am. Like even if it's my business, I I rather I rather want like my client or my member to be happy than just like push to do something. So that really motivated me to start being a personal trainer and helping out friends around me, helping out like even my family, like helping my mom with lifts and everything. So, um, and I just love it. It's, it's just so rewarding. And I, I remember I was like training in the morning and then having my nine to five sales job and then going straight to studying so I can be a personal trainer, finish my, my course, when our first lockdown happened <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Wow. so we're like doing everything through skype and everything so yeah and after that like i started training people in the back of my house where i where i used to live in the house and from there i started training people at war fitness and it was amazing yeah <laughs> first of all i always tell people like if you really want to be a successful trainer you should be doing some form of sales work because a lot of people actually get into the PT business and they realize, oh, I just enjoy enjoy training so much. So I feel like I might be a good personal trainer. That is about the tip of the iceberg, I tell them, because you have to be an effective communicator. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing. You also have to be an effective salesperson mm -hmm. as well. And I always tell people, if you've done sales work and then you go into PT, well, you've been in the trenches. So mm -hmm. that's the main thing. And I'm actually personally doing a bit of sales myself mm -hmm. for the gym, so I can totally relate to that. <laughs> now, uh, what advice, because what advice would you give to someone who's like starting out for the first time? And I mean that because you've done this for so long, so you know what it's like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Get a coach, get a personal trainer. Um, I feel like if I started with the coach when I was 18, my, I, I, I like, I, I, you see that I, I started with like, I want to do bodybuilding, I want to do this and that. And I just, I just felt so lost during, obviously I wanted to train, but I just felt so lost during all that. And now I feel so secure of what I want in the future and it's to obviously keep competing with my Olympic weightlifting. So yeah, just get a personal trainer, even if it's to like sit down and get a free like consultation, you get so much out of the consultations. I love giving out free consultations as well. Mm -hmm. Like just pick out my brain, like just ask me what you want to know and then that's going to help you to start out your, your journey. Um, and don't think of it as, um, as, a, oh, I'm, I'm paying extra, it's like, I'm paying extra to some, tell, to, for someone to tell me what to do. Think of it as an, an investment because you're going to prevent a lot of injuries. You're going to prevent a lot of frustration. You're going to prevent a lot of sleepless nights as well. So get a personal trainer, get a coach, like make sure you educate yourself as well. Um, for me, word of mouth is way better than just like what you see on Instagram. So Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so. I tell people that so much because it's not only just like that, but in general with businesses. How often, if you had a good experience with someone, how often are you more like, you're not as much as likely to tell somebody as if you had a bad experience with something. Yeah. 100%. So if you hear, let's say, you went to a restaurant, and you had a bad experience, you're more likely to leave a bad review then you are if you go to a restaurant, you have a good experience, you are likely to leave a good review. 100%. So that's how powerful people's influence are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, now that you've been doing it for so long, when you started, were you always 
uh, mainly teaching people uh, Olympic weightlifting, did you find your niche straight away or was there like a period of development where you had to go through where it was like what we call a scarcity phase where you're just trying to grab the general public? Yeah, so when I started, um, I started with a lot of, a lot of um, my male friends that wanted to lose weight but be stronger. So okay. I just gave them a lot of strongman stuff, like CrossFit things, and, and they loved it. Like, it's fun. It's fun. Like, I want you to train it. I want you to be, like, really into it. I don't want you to be like, oh, this is a chore. And um, I I was still doing CrossFit when I started being a personal trainer. And then I was like, oh, I need to change I need to change my lips. They, they look horrible. <laughs> and I can see by myself, like, they feel horrible. Like, I need someone to help me out. Then I went to my current coach, which is Natasha Bernard. Shout out to her. She's the best. And I've learned so much from her. I, And I, I'm still learning from her. And, like, for me, I've, if that woman, like, leaves my life, I'm going to be so lost. Because, like, she's, like, the best coach I've ever had. And she's coached me through my business as well. She's an amazing personal trainer. So, yeah, so... Through that, like I've learned so much through Olympic weightlifting, done a few like courses here and there at the Red Barbell and everything. Oh, so okay. I listen to podcasts and listen to what other people have to say because Olympic weightlifting is different in every country as well. It's different with every coach. What one person does that helps them, it won't be what it's going to help me or my coach or like my client. So it's it's very different, like oh. s- same but different. So um, for example. I think in like the Chinese Olympic weightlifters, they don't shrug during the snatch or like. Why is that? <laughs> um, they just have a really amazing pull. They're just amazing, <laughs> and um, they're built different. They're yeah, just built different. They're yeah. just built like from the bottom to yeah. Um, and then we, I have to, I have to, so I can finish that pull, so I can feel very confident getting under that barbell and catching the barbell and catching all that weight. So yeah, so. It was a slow transitions, but I've I think I have two clients that are doing like Olympic weight, well three, three Olympic weightlifting. Um, one's oh my god, her weights are going up so much. It's just so satisfying to watch that. It's so rewarding as well, and just yeah, and knowing as well that if you miss a day of training, everything will go backwards. You just got to be very consistent with it and listen to your coach. Like if your coach is telling you rest this day, you have to rest that day. Eat this, this and that, you have to do it. There's a reason why they're not being they're not being mean, they're not being picky. They're just they're just looking after you. They just prevent they just want you to prevent injuries and and just cries at the gym when you can't get a 60 kilo snatch. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I understand. I mean, because I find it quite impressive because in different types, you know, the nowadays in the gym is so many different types of training. I always found that Olympic weightlifting to be the most technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where this next question sort of like comes into is weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, something that you can teach someone right off the bat? Or do you believe that they have to go from so, some through some sort of pe- uh, phase of, you know, uh, oh, what's the best way I could put it? Like some like pre- preparation, like they have to be able to do a certain type of weight on a certain type of exercises? You need to have a very strong foundation. Okay. If you haven't, if you don't have a strong squat, if you don't have a strong, let's say, deadlift, if you don't have a strong, like when I say strong, it, it's not like if you can't like squat 100 kilos. No, it's like if you're squatting and everything is looking amazing, you can definitely do like a front squat. You can do like an overhead squat. And from that, you transition to like doing your snatches and your cleans. Um the good thing about me is I already had a strong foundation, but the, I think what's a really good thing about like starting from the bottom is that you don't have bad habits. 
So mm. anything that I'll teach you, like you'll get it right away. You'll be like a napkin. You'll be like a little textbook and like you will, sorry, like a little notepad and you just take everything in and it'll be a little bit easier for you as well when it comes to technique wise, but strength wise, um, if you have bad habits, it's really hard to change them. Even if it's like little, little ones that makes you feel comfortable doing the lift and you have to change them. Like you, um, it's a little bit harder, but you do need to have a strong foundation, strong legs, strong core, strong upper body. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, have you ever encountered something like that before where you've had someone with a really bad habit and then you had to change it? Ooh. Yeah, me. <laughs> really? Yeah. W- what would you say for yourself then? Mm, well, I think because um, when you do CrossFit, like I obviously I love CrossFit because thanks to CrossFit is when we oh, oh my gosh you can you can do gymnastics as well you can do Olympic weightlifting and they brought that sport out there in the world. It wasn't a very big sport till now, um, but because everything is so quick and everything is like and make sure you do this way. You you never think about your technique and if you think that. Um, that you're like, let's say cleaning 60 kilos and you're going forward with the barbell, like it's okay in CrossFit, but if you do that on stage in an Olympic weightlifting comp- like, um, competition, um, you might miss the split jerk because th- your clean wasn't good. You know, it's just, it's just, it just builds up. But yeah, me, I had the worst clean ever. Like my mobility is still getting there. <laughs> um, yeah, you just gotta work around everything, especially like you gotta be very strong minded you mm-hmm. have your, your head has to be pretty calm pretty clear um i think few i think a month ago i was going through some stuff and i couldn't train for a week um and getting back into it was like i thought i was bambi like reaching a barbell squatting like i don't know where my legs were going so you gotta like your head has to be very focused uh and so because the i believe it's because of how uh complex such a movement is like just to add like a couple of kilos onto a lift is like a very big thing and yeah, all that. Even 0.5 kilos is a big thing. Mm, yeah, okay. Even like a kilo or two, it's a bit, especially for women. Why I, is that the case? Um, we get in our heads as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, oh my gosh, I remember my last competition. I was, I was going through a lot, but I was very determined to do my lifts. But I, I remember I missed, I missed a 76 kilo clean, and then I got it, and then I got a 79 kilo like clean and jerk and I'm like what what happened it's just you get in your head a lot if you get in your head a lot um and it happens to everyone like even like the most amazing girls that go out there they like can like snatch 80 kilos 90 kilos they if they get very very nervous and um they'll, they'll miss it they'll miss it in front of people and and what you do in training it's so different what you do on stage because it's like you have one shot well three shots but like Let's say you have one shot and you have to do it. You just get so nervous. So it, you just get in your head, even if it's like a kilo or two jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's say you're getting ready for a competition and all that. Is there something that you have to go through on the day to make, because we're talking a lot about the mental side of things. Is there some like sort of routine that you feel like you go through before you get step up to the plate? Or is there something that you know that helps you and all that? Yeah. So I make sure... Um, Let's talk about like weighing in. Mm-hmm. I make sure that the week or two weeks before that, my weight it's under let's say seventy one kilos. Normally, I, I can stick to that weight and still be pretty strong, still be pretty happy as well. I do not starve myself at all. So you don't I, go through any kind of weight cut. Mm, um, what I'll what I'll do is I try to like, um, 
I'll try not to work as much, not to be as stressed, so I don't have any bloating, any water retention. Um, and if that happens, obviously you're you're a woman, your weight fluctuates so much. Um, so what I try to do is uh, make sure I'm pretty hydrated, make sure I get all my micronutrients, um, and I make sure like I'm on top of my, my fats, my carbs, and my protein. But I don't, the thing is, I, I don't have a certain diet, like I, I eat what I want whenever I want. It's just that I'm obviously very mindful of what I put in my body. I mm. won't put just anything in my body. So it's just a little bit more serious two weeks before the competition. And um, yeah, and what I do is I try not to work as much. And then I try to take the day off the day after because it's just so mentally drained. Um, but mentally, um, what I've done in the past is I go on walks. I listen to podcasts. I make sure I like... I put very nice soothing music and put my little incense on and start stretching. Just make sure I stretch a lot before I go on stage. But it could be very nerve wracking, especially when you do it. And because at the rev, oh my gosh, that's like pros. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's like it's like the real deal. It's like I, everyone's there. <laughs> I can relate because uh, the in university we were taught about the. Uh, psychology side of when it comes to performance and all that and i can't remember what it was the actual uh theory itself but it's been proven like the more you practice something in the uh in, let's say in the gym the more you practice the more like you actually are to succeed on the day so we talk about like arousal and performance and that the idea that if you practice something so much you're more likely to do it absolutely better in a let's say uh, in a crowded scenario when there's more cues around. But if you haven't practiced actually something as many times and you attempt it on a crowded scenario, you're actually a lot more likely to do worse mm -hmm. and all of that. So um, it's good that you have some form of like routine because I've spoken to like a lot of fighters and they've all told me like the week leading up to something they have to, they said, try and stay out of the gym. They have to make sure, you know, they're eating, eating well. Um, and most likely also... One of the things that one of the fighters told me just a few weeks back is that they don't like to plan anything after competitions. Mm -hmm. Like they're not focusing on the party afterwards, not focusing on going out, mm -hmm. they're not focusing on the meal afterwards. Is that something that you do as well or do you just I does it help you out? I just focus on like, okay, I missed this lift. Let me let me just get better at this. That's all I focus on. Um, I remember with Strongman, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to eat my donuts after. Or like <laughs> with crosses, I can't wait to drink after. But like... Even I'm not a big drinker, so obviously a month before the the, the competition, I, I or two weeks before, I try not to drink. Um, but even after the competition, I just did not had any drinks. I think I had a cry. <laughs> after the competition. Wow, what happened? Um, just a lot of things going on, and then um, just a lot of personal things going on. But then um, yeah, it's just it was a very it was very mentally draining, and like I. And, but I will take that over like any other sport, to be honest, because it just challenged me and I learned so much from it and it pushes me to do better. Like what was strong man is, oh, yeah, got to be stronger and like make sure you like do more reps and, and I'll be more fa like faster. Um, with Olympic weightlifting, I'm like, I just need to finish my pull, man. I just need to shrug. Like I just need to catch or like I just need to stretch these hips so I can have a good catching position. Like the little things are like the hardest things ever for me the hardest things yeah. but like yeah no like it's just and it's amazing like it's great community as well because we're, we're growing we're growing at the moment which is awesome i'm wishing that we can have like an olympic weightlifting 
gym between North River and South River because they're just like very high north of the river let's say balcara or like in port kennedy there's like no in between so everyone just like do what i'm doing which is like get an olympic weightlifting coach and just train at revel <laughs> oh, oh, I, yeah. see. I see so if you don't mind me asking all that like uh because you do like olympic weightlifting and you've dabbled in strongman what made you want to go to a commercial gym then rather than you know focus on a gym where that focusing on olympic weightlifting oh just just how far it is the Olympic weightlifting gyms are. And oh, is there a lack of Olympic weightlifting gyms around Perth? Yeah, yeah. I think there's like, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think there's like two or three. Oh, really? Um, yeah, a lot of them do train in like CrossFit boxes. Um, That's with, right. uh, with CrossFit coaches that are Olympic weightlifting coaches as well. I think um, there's Coach George... Um, that he goes... He, he works at Roar. He works at... Oh, what is it in... Open. Yeah, yeah, but like I th he, he works at another gym in Port Kennedy. Oh. I sorry, Josh. Um, and then uh, Liam as well, Coach Liam. He's at RFX in Coburn. And then there's my coach Natasha Bernard. And um, you you're starting to see like people that started doing Olympic weightlifting, trying to get into co the coaching as well, which is amazing because a lot of people want to do it now. And to be honest, I love the fact that the people want to like, oh, I want to want to learn how to clean, how to snatch, but. One thing that always goes through my mind and like through my coach's mind, this is my, my coach said to me, and because we're we're actually pretty pretty serious about this to be honest, um, it's um you gotta respect the sport. You can't just um pick up a barbell and start doing like you can get you can get hurt. You 100%. gotta respect yeah, you can get hurt. Like this is not just picking something up and just it's very technical. You can you can dislocate a shoulder or like an elbow or like your even your ACL can like go through the roof. And you just got to respect the sport. You respect the sport and you'll grow as a person and an athlete as well. Yeah, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that before. When I was at university, um, I was being taught by PhDs and there was one who specializes in like strength training. And he was talking about the importance of like earning the bar. Like uh, him, he's personally been a personal trainer for himself. He said he would like to go for it. If someone's never touched a barbell before, they have to go for at least six weeks of training before they even get close. Because the problem with the barbell is that it's incredibly unforgiving. Mm -hmm. And then you have to talk about what's called the risk to reward ratio. So let's say, for example, people, if you take uh, an exercise like, let's take a dumbbell press, mm -hmm. the risk to reward ratio is not really that generally that high. But with a barbell bench press, it's so much more higher because you have to worry about things like shoulder strength and lat stability and tricep strength because those weaknesses will get exposed. So that's why I have um, that's why when it comes to Olympic weightlifting, if someone's ever come to me, I was like, if you've never touched a bar before, I would recommend you start with just general strength training. Go into a little bit of that powerlifting area so mm -hmm. you get more stronger, just generally more stronger, or go through some kind of strength phase. Then you can go through that Olympic weightlifting phase. But it's got to be, for me, it's like the tip of the pyramid because in terms of complexity, I don't think there's any exercises out there that are more complex than a clean and jerk. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but then one thing I always like to ask because I've had powerlifters on the show, I've had some strongmen on the show, PhDs on the show, is they've all argued like what... Um, when it comes to their sport and when it comes to just lifting weights in general, they have their own accessory exercises to their lifts. So, but everyone's style of training could be different. So there's the argument there is no such thing as like the golden accessory exercise, but what would you recommend for someone such as yourself or from what you follow? 
Well, this is going to sound like very out there, but for me, my my sport, squatting is an accessory. <laughs> like you, you have to squat. Mm -hmm. So it's a big compound movement for everyone. Like, you know, when you train someone, like you start with the squat and then like, let's say like lunges and leg extension, like squatting is just like the biggest thing ever. Squatting and... um. Oh my gosh. So squatting, even with the pull-ups, you can do it. You don't have any la activation. Start doing pull-ups. You're going to be like, oh, my forearms hurt. My biceps hurt. It's like, yeah. So that's going to, that's going to push you to start using your lats more as well. Even if it's just with the band, even if it's just like the pull-up machine, it does actually help you a lot. So strong legs, strong back. You can, you can go anywhere from there. But, um, yeah, but a lot of people don't understand that and a lot of people don't understand like why we spend so much time at the gym as well. I train four times a week. People are like, oh, I thought you trained every day. I, I don't. So, some people are different. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Mm -hmm. Some Olympic weightlifter train five times because one day is like their accessories day. But um, what I do is let's say like a clean and jerk day and a snatch day. So snatch, clean and jerk. Snatch, always start with the snatch because it's the most complex, like more energy you have to put in, push into it. Clean and jerk, you can kind of grind in through it. You'll be fine with the clean and jerk. Um, and then after that, some sort of squat. Front squat, back squat. And after that, some sort of like pull. And then some sort of overhead. So let's say push jerk, push press. Like very big compound movements. I think like my accessories is like my abs exercises. And um, sometimes I have like shoulder press, like dumbbell shoulder press just to like get that extra strength there. But yeah, let's say... On a volume program, I spend, sorry, Tash, up to two hours at the gym. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm before that. Yeah. And then on a, let's say like more intensity, let's say like an hour, hour and a half. But that's like, go, 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 go. Because you, you have to be, your lungs have to be prepared for that. Because when you're on stage and you miss a lift, you have two minutes to do it again. You don't have longer than that. Really? Only yeah. two minutes? Yeah. Only two minutes to do your lift again. Oh. Or let's say... You did a 60 kilo snatch and the girl after you is doing 61, but then your weight, it's 62. And then the girl after you changes her weight to 63. You're going to go again because oh. you're, you went from 60, 60, 62 kilos, like jump. So it's just, yeah. So you got to be prepared for that. Your lungs, your, your head and your body has to be prepared for, prepared for that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So do you ever do any kind of work with like uh, specialty bars? Do you ever do like let's say safety squats or do you ever do any work with the Swiss bar or trap bar? I, it's only the barbell, <laughs> but um, at the beginning when I used to do strongman, I had to use the safety bar a lot. I loved it. The big like axle bar as well. I used it a lot. Mm. Um, and it did kind of help with like your grip strength as well. Mm. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I really like, I'm so grateful I started with strongman as a sport. It really helped me understand what Olympic weightlifting is as well. Cause like strongman build up my, my strong legs, my strong grip, my strong back. So when I touched the barbell to do Olympic weightlifting, I was like, oh, this is easy. Well, it's not, but in my head it was easy. The more you get into the sport, the harder that sport is. It's such a such a slow sport as well. I get clients that are like, oh, I just want to start doing snatches. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to do three or four months of like this. And then if I don't see any progress, you got to keep doing it until I can be like, okay, let's start doing snatches today. 
it's a very slow sport and you got to be very patient, very, very patient. You can get stuck in a way or go back and wait, but you got to be like, it happens. You got to, you just got to work harder and keep going forward. Mm, I can definitely relate to that because I think when the guys came into it, uh, one of the guys who I interviewed, he was saying something like a lot, you know, it goes back to the old term, like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. <laughs> and the further you go into something, you know, the broader your, your scope becomes. Uh, but now that you've pretty much got the niche like now down and we're almost halfway, we're pretty much over halfway through the year, do you have any like events that you had planned coming up to this? Well, I told myself I wasn't going to compete till next year. Okay. And my goal is to compete for at least two to three competitions a year. Um, some people do up to four or five. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, my biggest thing was like, stop competing in like novice comps, which is good to do a novice comp. I'm so glad that they do that here. So you know the feeling to be, that feeling to be on stage and being looked at and like what to do, which is amazing. I'm so glad that the ref is doing that. Amazing, amazing. But um, sanctioned comps, I started, I did two, let's say I did two in a row. Okay. <laughs> so I did one and then three weeks later I had another one. Um, the first one that I did, um, I think Coach George, organized it all it was amazing it was so amazing seeing these amazing girls like um a teacher a, co a crossfit coach and, and a mom with her kids there lifting w way more than me and mm. like the power that they had in them like it just after that i was just like let's go let's mm. do this like i really really want to um surround myself with people like that it's a shame that they're, ju they're just so far away <laughs> all i have to do is just go there and train with them but like with how busy I, I am with pt and all that it's just a little bit hard you know but it just like i will recommend anyone that wants to see an olympic weightlifting competition go mm. go and you're gonna feel so empowered women um women uh, let's say male female like non-gender go and you're gonna feel so so empowered seeing these people lifting these weights and the way that they do it and the mental clarity that they have when they go on stage yeah. of course of course because uh one of the things i've always respected about those kind of sports is that they're based purely on performance and where we're going right now as a society is that we focus way too much on image oh very vain yeah it's a very vain industry like why, why is that uh like that just a Gym industry yeah. is a vain industry. I knew this when I started selling gym memberships because that's all you hear. And to be honest, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Like I love the way that I look and I work hard for the for this. And um and a lot of people are like, oh, I want to be like you. I want to do the sport that you do. But like I'm like I didn't get here because I started Olympic weightlifting two years ago. Like there was more to that before that. There was like other things before. There was like um nutritional values that I didn't know that I know now and like I, I had a very strong foundation people don't understand the genetics people don't understand they just think they're gonna go to the gym and because they see that um tiktok th this girl like <laughs> grew her dumpy in three months and I'm like um it's it, it it could happen if 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 your if your genetics make you do that but like it, it's a very hard thing to do and yeah. it's really hard to explain this to a lot of new clients as well <laughs> but um it, it is a very vain industry let's say that i'm not a not against it sometimes I, i'm like why why we have to be so vain like why do we have to like judge people by how they look uh, i just well i don't know it's just as human beings we're generally more intended to, 
to go along the way of like image. It's more because it's, it's the aesthetic side of things pretty much, you know, but also sometimes I believe it's a different, uh, it's just for them, it feels like a more easier route and it's just a mindset that they have as well. But the way we're going with that specifically as well is you need to, uh, people, I tell my clients, you need to learn to flip that on his head. Like you don't look the way that you look because I mean, so if you don't look the way that you look because you're weak, it's like you went the way that you perform is also going to re- not always re- reflect the way that you look. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, if you're walking down a street, you see someone like a powerlifter. Now, generally, powerlifters are quite thick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got those dab. Let me calm down. <laughs> yeah, they got those dab bods. You know They're what I mean? So thick. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> from, from the av- from an average eye, that think, oh, that person's unhealthy. Mm. But then you throw them under a bar, mm-hmm. and then they're putting up insane amount of lifts and yes. all that. So. The way you look doesn't always reflect the way you perform. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, yeah, poop, um, if you look a certain way, I mean, hopefully it's specific to what you do as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you see, um, let's say, for example, like in the strongman world, Eddie Hall, the dude's freaking gigantic, but he's got a, he had a belly that was absolutely, I, oh, it was over, like, I think it was like 400 pounds or something when he was leading up to the world's strongest man that mm-hmm. he won. And now he's like really cut down and all, but it's like that with a lot of uh, sports as well. In my world, I want to talk about fighting and things like mm. that. There was a time when we had Anthony, I'm not sure how much you know about boxing, but we had Anthony Joshua, mm. who was like the most insane looking physique I've ever seen. Anyone could see, like he could have been a bodybuilder on any day. Mm-hmm. And then he lost to uh, Andy Ruiz and he was this like short, yeah. really fat dude. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. We're very, we're, in my country, we're pretty big on unboxing, so don't don't stress. Like oh, cool. late nights, like watching pay per view. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. That and it's the same as well. And like in the UFC, like Daniel Cormier, he was one of the best. He was a double champ as well. Man, he loved his chicken wings and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so he didn't look like so. Like that's the one thing I'm trying to tell people now. The less you focus on image, the better, because mm-hmm. it's also the more you also chase something, the further away it becomes. Yes. So, and it's especially like that I see with girls as well, because I would argue that girls focus a lot more on image earlier than guys. Mm-hmm. I believe it comes to guys when they go into their teens and their twenties. And I think that's, and there's a whole reasons that we don't need to get into about mm-hmm. that side, but I feel like I feel sorry for girls as well because the more they focus on their weight as well, the more they focus on their image, the more insecure they're man, likely to be. Man, yeah. I, it's it's hard, and I always tell people like I the less that's the same thing. The less I focus on how I look, and the the more I focus on my lips, I, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I look insane. I look strong, like I look strong. I look insane. But like you can go on stage and this girl's like fifty nine kilos, looking like let's say skinny, um, like healthy skinny, and she's what snatching 80 85 and here i am with my 55 like you, you know what i mean like i can look strong I, like people look at me and they think i can i can i'm like no there's women out there that can lift way heavier than me and don't have the physique that i do like this is just years of keep keep doing what i was doing you know these girls i think they're just they're just amazing they just have that natural strength that i never had like i had to work hard for that and me working hard for that strength that other people have naturally obviously develop the body that I have now. But um, another thing I was going to say is, yeah, I always tell always tell my clients, like, don't look at the scale. The only scale, like, if we are, like, focusing on what you're eating, that's the scale that we're going to look like, the, the food scale. But let's not focus on the scale because 
especially you're a woman. You're a woman, like, you, you get your period, like, you're going to be three kilos heavier. Like, you're going to be, like, it, it is, we cannot help that. We cannot help that. And the more we focus on that, the more, the more we're going to, the more we're going to develop an eating disorder, the more we're going to hate ourselves. And, like, we just, what I try to show my clients is, like, let's focus on your lifts, your technique, and how you feel internally, like, more energized, less blurry in the brain, um, obviously more clear about everything more and stronger. And that's where the gains are coming. That's when everything comes because the more you stress, that's, that's more like water retention in your body as well. Like we just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't happen in a day. Like it, what I started training when I was 18. This is how I look now. Oh. Like nine years. N nine years of training. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. And different trainings, but nine years and not consistent at all because there wasn't no consistency in the food or the strength training that I was, that I'm doing now. Okay. Yeah. So for you, like, um, was there like a moment, if you don't mind me asking, like, was there like a moment where you came into question with everything that you were doing? You're like, oh, is this really what I want to be pursuing and all that? Or was there a moment where you had like an event? Don't have to go into super specifics, but like, was there a moment we have an event where what's, um, it's like a, it's like almost like we call a come to Jesus moment. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. okay, it's either going to be one way or the other. Well, many times at the gym, no, I'm joking. <laughs> many times when I'm training, I'm like, I can't get this lift. But, um, I think it was my last competition mm -hmm. and I was like just staring at the floor and like drinking my water bottle. And like, I had a lot of like personal things going through my head. And then I was like, is this the reason why I'm not getting this lift? Or is this like, am I really built for this? Like, cause you compare yourself to everyone around you so fast, you know? Was but, it comparisons of theft of joy? A hundred percent. But I'm like, I'm just starting. Like I'm still a baby in this sport. Like I've only done it for two years. I'm still a baby. And these women, like these, even like girls that are just turned 18, freaking clean and jerking 100 kilos. Oh, my Lord. I was just like, can I ever do that? Of course you can. Of course you can. If you work hard, if you keep pushing yourself, you can. But no doubt that I've had that in my head. Like, am I really, do I really want to do this sport? Because it gets really, really hard. And that's when you start doubting yourself and everything around you. Like, because I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm sorry for saying this. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, I, I love every sport, like bodybuilding, all of that, powerlift. But like, <laughs> like a push press is not the same as a, like a bicep curl. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 you still have to have some sort of technique to push press very heavy as well. Because it's, it's not like a dip and push. Like, it's the way that you dip and if, where your knees go and where, how your heels are and just everything. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it gets really hard. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but then I I see what my coach told me was like, look at, at the hard work you've put. Mm. You don't want it. You don't want that to go to waste. Like you need to keep going forward. Mm. If I don't have her like in my shoulder <laughs> telling me that all the time, like I would have been like, no, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. But She's been such a big influence for me. Such a big influence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. How did you how did you meet her? Well, I used to work at Good Life and she was a personal oh, trainer there. Yep. Um, and I remember this one time she was like snatching with some other, uh, with her friend, his name is Tom as well. <laughs> so many Toms nowadays. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's and, very popular. Name. Yeah. <laughs> I no, didn't know about them till like now at the gym. I'm like, oh, everyone's Tom. Anyways, um, I saw her snatching. I'm like, that is insane. I didn't know what that was. I was just selling memberships, doing my own, like, you know, leg extension, like presses, squatting. Um, and then 
um, I remember that she used to go to Roar Fitness and Cobra, where I used to work as well, um, just to do her Olympic weightlifting. Because you can pay to just use the CrossFit box, and you're there by yourself in the middle of the day, and like the equipment is amazing. Like you're just there, which is which is really good if you're gonna do Olympic weightlifting. Like no distractions around you, like in a commercial gym. (laughs) So um, I saw her doing that, and she just came to my head when I was doing CrossFit because I was like I. When I was doing CrossFit, I was like, okay, I'm good at this and that, but I want to go, you have to be good at everything. You have to be good at everything at CrossFit. So saw her and I was like, oh, can you help me with my lifts? Because I want to be better at CrossFit. And from there it went like, no more CrossFit. I'm just going to stick to Ollie lifting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> so earlier on, you mentioned that there's a big difference between, did you say novice comps and sanctioned comps? Yeah. So I just wanted to circle back to that just a little bit before we wrap up because you caught my attention, but like, what's the difference between the two? And do you have to go through some sort of process before you can go to a sanctioned comp or? Mm, I think the two is the same, like kind of the same, like Wayne is the same. Um, I only don't want a novice comp, so Correct me if I'm wrong, Ant from the Rev. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think what they did, and the one that I did, I think I went and did a, let's say, 54 kilo snatch. And then they did it by names. Like the, the girls went up by names, not by the weights they were lifting. That's oh. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So that was the difference between the, no- so you will have like, let's say, minutes break but, but uh, in the novice comps and they will like change the weights a lot. And then in the sanction comps is like, okay, keep the weight on the bar. Someone else is going to come up or like put a little bit more weight and like not, not taking weight off. So that's, that's how different it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Well, cool. So if you don't mind me asking as well, I mean, you said you didn't want to compete for the rest of the year and all that, but is there like a certain, like a, lift that we're currently chasing or working towards right now like what are we what are we hoping to get done before the end of the year like so um two months ago i got my first 60 kilo snatch that i've been saved i've been oh my god what was that like i didn't film it yeah (laughs) it was for two reps it was amazing like my coach was like you were glowing and i was like i know (laughs) like it's like it's it's like an internal happiness that not a lot of people are gonna know yeah. Like you know, when you were you're searching for something for so long and you finally have it, it's just like you just want to cry. You just <laughs> so that was my goal when I first started training with her, and it took me. I thought it was gonna take me a year. It took me a year and like six months, like a year and a half, to to get that goal. And now it's like okay, let's keep going further. So my goal is to squat deeper because I don't have that. I, I have mobility, but not like amazing mobility like everyone else. Um, my other goal is just to, when I'm doing my accessory work, like my squatting, I, I, I want the numbers to be triple digits or up. And then my cleaning jerks, I just want to reach at least like, like 85 kilos, to 90 kilos. So I, I know I have my 80 kilos there. I can, I saw it, I, I felt it. <laughs> but like, let's say around 85 kilo would be amazing to clean and jerk at the moment. So that's what I'm kind of searching. But I've always, when I plan something, when I put a goal out there, it's only like one or two goals. I don't have like that many. So let's say like squatting heavier and cleaning jerk heavier. That'll be, that'll be my goals for the rest of the year. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) Oh, cool. So we're just heading up right towards the end now. Mm -hmm. Just uh, a couple more. Just wanted to ask real Mm -hmm. quick. Like, so uh, personally, as in terms of like coaching right now, Mm -hmm. 
uh, for those who are hoping, like, you know, hoping to work with you and all that, where can, where exactly can I like find you? Or do you, are you, sorry, uh, rephrase that question. Mm. Are you looking for anyone just in particular mm. or to work with you? Do they have to be focused mainly towards Olympic weightlifting? No, I work with anyone. Okay. I work with anyone, uh, weight loss, muscle gain, strength training, all of that. Um, but if you are interested in like learning a little bit more in like Olympic weightlifting and you feel very comfortable with me, you already know me. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely come to me and I will definitely help you out. But you can find me, you can go to the Rebel page and look for my name, Nicole, um, on the neat where it says, I love watching anime. Uh, and then... <laughs> What's your favourite? <laughs> my favourite. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, this is very... My, I'm going to say Berserk, but like that's everyone's favourite at the moment. I don't know why, but I'm going to say that in... Ages ago, I watched this anime when I was 16 and it's called Sekirei. It's about women's just being being gorgeous and just fighting everyone and that was like my favorite as well even though i have dragon ball tattooed on me but it's fine dragon ball and demon slayer but they're not my favorites they're just like top 10 you know okay um but um yeah you can go to my instagram so it's hey guys nicole um that's my instagram and my link to my coaching instagram is there i don't do like online online um consultations i I like face-to-face you know, sales. Um, yeah, I like face to face. I get more out of that. Yeah. Like, I like, I like to like, I like to see what you really think of like what goals you want to do and everything. Because everyone could say anything behind behind a keyboard, and it's just not going to be the same. Yeah. yeah, that makes complete sense. Because one of the things uh, where we're going with this industry is a lot of trainers are going online. Me yeah. personally, myself, I've dabbled into the world of online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, just from an outside perspective, Olympic weightlifting isn't doesn't look like one of those kind of things you can teach online no, so at all i see my coach twice a week and the girl that i'm that i'm coaching that her weights are going up she sees me twice a week if yeah. i could i could see my coach every day because like you need someone looking at you seeing what you're doing because like if i don't see my coach let's say for a month i change something in my lift and then everything went down so it's it, that's how technical the sport is like it's not just like oh I forgot how to like engage my core squatting. It's like I forgot how to finish the pull, the timing. Like what am I doing wrong? And my coach would be like, oh, you just you just forgot to like fully extend the knees. And I'm like, oh, oh that makes sense, you know. <laughs> so like yeah, you, you I do see my coach twice a week, but I <laughs> this is me. Some people are gonna say like oh you can definitely do it online, <laughs> but this is just me saying that like, you will get more out of it if you see your coach right there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And it irritates me because yeah. I've, as a personal trainer, I've been, I've only been a personal trainer for two years, but I've been coaching a little bit longer dating back to uni. And one of the things I absolutely despise is when people go into the personal training world, they feel like they can get straight away online and because they go online straight away, they can make like 10 K plus a month and all that. Mm. And they have people selling courses based on that idea that you'll be making that. So uh, just to wrap up, mm-hmm. I mean, if anyone wants to work with you online, can mm. they? Yeah, uh, online, if well, yeah, I do have like two or threes that are working with me online, but I do see them face to face once a month to see their lifts or like to see like how they're going with everything. Um, I'm not. I'm honestly, I'm like, I'm gonna say I'm not doing online. But if you guys want any anyone online, there's so many amazing like um, coaches at the 
uh, Revel Fitness in Coburn that they can do online. And you can come to me and I'll send you straight to them. There's, they're just amazing. Yeah. Fa- fantastic. All cool. So that would just pretty much be clearing up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for coming. Nice. really appreciate you taking the time. Thank uh, you. Of course, also thank you to Ivy for filming <laughs> and all that. You held that camera the whole <laughs> 50 minutes as well. Your arms must be tired. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, ladies. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to the Last Set podcast. And that is game. If you want to follow Nicole, the link will be in the description. And, of course, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.